The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to another episode of Mr. Benfica. It is episode 1010. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho, and I'm here to bring you another episode today. And this is a special episode, and you know how much I love to talk about this team today. We're updating everybody on Benfica's women's football team. That's right. We're talking women's football today. It's about time. I'm sorry, girls. It took me a long time to get back around to bringing you another update, of course. During my hiatus, that's when I had planned originally to to bring this update to you. And now here we are. There's been a lot of matches. I just, you know, in doing the research for this episode, I realized how long ago it was that uh, I put out the last episode that was about the women's football team. So uh, we're going all the way back. We had the last time we spoke about the women's team. We had just won the League Cup for last season. So remember, we played last season's League Cup. Um, I think on the third of the year, I think it was like January 3rd or something like that. That's the last time I talked about women's football. So, um, we're going to catch you up to speed. Okay. There are three matches left this season, three, three matches left. Okay. If Benfica wins all three matches, they are champions. That is at the bottom line. Okay. Yes. One of them is against Sporting right now. We're a top of Sporting on the table, but that's because Sporting have a match in hand, okay? We have played Sporting twice this season. We have lost to Sporting twice this season. Well, actually, we've played Sporting three times. Twice in the league. We've lost twice in the league, but we beat them in, in the League Cup final for this season, and we'll get to that in just a few minutes. So, I'm going to take a quick break on the podcast. If you are watching on YouTube right now, welcome. Uh, make sure you go to the little button there and you hit subscribe to this channel so that you can be um, and actually hit the little bell next to the subscribe button as well so that you can be alerted every time Mr. Benfica puts out a new episode. It has been a long day here, um, a lot of work, you know, in my regular work life, but also a lot of football work going on today. I was wearing all kinds of hats, doing all kinds of things today. Uh, we had Europa League action and I was I, I had put out some predictions 
earlier today through uh, Better Than Dot Vegas. I had provided some some predictions, and well, started to go. It started to go right. I did call. I did go two for three actually in my predictions. I had predicted that Villarreal would win. I had predicted that Bruno Fernandes would score. I even had predicted, um, not officially, but off off the, the record that Bruno Fernandes would have a penalty kick. That happened as well. I predicted taking the, I or I should say, I advised everyone to take the over on the two and a half goals that they were given for that match. All that came true, except I told everyone to take the money line on the draw because it was paying so well. Well, Manchester United smacked Roma 6-2. Not that any of you care, but I had that going on. And on the other side of me over here, I had Benfica versus Oliveres going on in basketball. Uh, Liga Placard playoffs quarterfinals game three. The series was tied at one. It shifted, it shifted, excuse me, to Oliveira de Samej. And Benfica pull it out. Uh, Two-point win at the end and a four-point win. Now I can't remember. I think I think Benfica hit. Hit two free throws at the end of the match to seal the victory. Um, with one second left, they hit two free throws. And Benfica up 2-1 now in the series in this quarterfinal. Of course, it, uh, they have game four this weekend up there in Oliveira de Zamej against, uh, against Oliveiras, who are still the defending back-to-back champions of the Portuguese Basketball League, the LPB. And, um, well, there's no players left from the team that last won that championship because that was back in 20, 2018, 2019 was the last time Portugal crowned a champion in basketball. As we know, last season, everything got thrown out. Uh, so it, it's, it is kind of a, it, it's kind of a false title, if you will. But Befica one win away from the semifinals, and then it gets real. It'll most likely, it'll be Sporting at that point and um, the best team in the league. So it'll be tough. But uh, for today, at least, uh, it is good news on the basketball front. I know rink hockey's taking on Oliveiras as well, uh, coming up in the playoffs. Now they're in their playoffs, so a lot going on. Futsal, futsal, men's futsal eliminated yesterday from the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals or the UEFA Futsal Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, if you want to know about it, go to www.mrbenfica.com. I've got I've got a write-up uh, report of it, and I've got highlights there for you. So www.mrbenfica.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well at Benfica Mister on Instagram as well on excuse me on Instagram as well at Mr. Benfica. Go to the Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica and follow me there. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We got. Reconquista, for those of you listening on the podcast, those of you listening uh, or watching on YouTube, just sit tight for about 10, 15 seconds, and I'll be right back, and we'll get right into women's football for 2021, essentially. What's been going on since the year turned 2021? And we'll have you all up to speed and ready for this weekend's match. Um, we're talking Befica women's football here on Mr. Befica. Of course, I'm the host, Mr. The Mr. Mike Agustinu, and you know where to follow me on Twitter at Befica Mr. On Instagram at Mr. Befica, and also www.mrbefica.com. Go there right now and check out uh, check out the futsal highlights and check out my write up um, and profile of. Passo o caminho é duro Temos muita história mas ainda mais futuro 
Cada jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vivo por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica Carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve nossas almas querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz Welcome back to Mr. Benfica episode 110. We are at episode number 110 now, almost, actually not almost, it's two years plus now since we got this started. And we're going to pick it up with Benfica losing in the in the, the women's um, Portuguese Cup final. That's where we're going to start. So the last time we talked, Portu Benfica had won the Portuguese League Cup final over Braga um, back at the end, I believe it was at the end of 2020. It was it was in the week between Christmas and New Year's, and then the following week they were going to meet and meet for the Portuguese Cup of last season that had still yet to be determined. And so you'll remember from the last time that we spoke about the women's team, like I said, if you go winning the League Cup, like we just said. It was a 3-0 result, Benfica beating Braga handily. Okay, so a week later, the two teams met again. This time, they met in Aveiro, and I think that's exactly where they played the previous match. No, the previous match was in Coimbra, excuse me. So, Benfica winning in, uh, excuse me, Benfica winning in Aveiro for the League Cup 2019-2020. Okay, and then a week later, we go to Aveiro for the Portuguese Cup final of 2019 2020 um and i'm gonna take a look here and i'm gonna give you now the lineups okay Benfica, remember had just won three nil so braga was gonna be extra motivated in this one so here is the lineup starting with with the greater Dominu, uh the braga side who are still remember the liga bpi defending champions yes they were the last team to be crowned champions again back in 2018-19 So in goal, they had the Irish international Mary Horahan. Uh, they had Ryan Machado, Nigella Oliveira, Agatha Filipa, Diana Gomes, Regina Pereira, captain Portugal international Dolores Silva, former Atletico Madrid player, 
Andrea Norton, also a starting a starter in the Portuguese national team. South African Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Seppo Sensue, and then the two Americans up front, Hannah Keane and Myra Delgadillo. Okay, and their manager is Miguel Santos. Benfica take the pitch. Okay, and in goal in this one was Carolina Violão. They played with their four in the back. And again, Felipe Paton, this was her second match in charge. She had just taken over a week before. And in her first match, she won the Portuguese League Cup against the same Braga side. And here she had in the back, she had Catarina Amado as the right back. Silvia Ravillo and Carol Costa as the central backs. And making the decision to swap Ana Saisa out of of uh, the starting four, the Felipe Paton had decided upon arrival, I think, that the experiment of converting Anasaisa from a central back into a left back was over, and she decides to go with the veteran Matilde Fidalgo, who is very experienced, who came over in the summer from Manchester City. Yeah, one of the best women's teams on planet Earth, Manchester City. She came from there, and she had been sitting on the bench for the first half of the season, so um, because of Mathilde's ability to play both on the right side of defense and on the left, uh, Felipe Paton decides that Mathilde Fidalgo is going to be the starting left back in this one. In midfield, we had a uh, we had four in midfield. We we played in that diamond midfield that that Felipe Paton likes, and she had Paulita in her normal holding midfield role, as she is as always so steady, so solid, so consistent in that position. The she's been called the, the the phasia of the women's game. This was a few seasons ago when phasia was was at the top of his game, but very much that type of player compared very much to him. The way she plays is a, num- a true number six um, to each side of her. She had Andrea Faria and Beatriz Camero, and you had you had Ana Vitoria playing at the front of that of that central midfield. And then in, in attack, Nicole Raisla paired with the Canadian, now Canadian international, fast forward two months, uh, proud to say, and pleased to say as well, uh, the now Canadian international, Chloe Lacasse. Congratulations to Chloe on that one. And I know she made an appearance on the, on the Continue Benfiquista podcast with my buddy, Mike Gonçalves, and um, she did a great job, obviously. And then Next thing you know, she was called in to her national team, and it is well-deserved. All right, so that is the team that that uh, Befica put on the pitch for this one. And I think Befica fell a little bit a victim of circumstance in that they came in perhaps a little overconfident. Uh, they came in having just lifted a trophy a week earlier against the same team with relative ease. And they basically, Befica basically had their way with this Braga team ever since they played each other. The very first time you'll remember was back in 2019 in the Portuguese Cup semifinal. Okay, the first leg at the Tapadinha, Braga won. I think if I remember, the score was 1 0. Um, and then in the second leg, Benfica went to Braga and won 3 to 2, if my memory serves me right. I know Benfica won on away goals, or perhaps they might have even won outright on the aggregate. Might have been a 3 to 1 win uh, away at Braga. And ever since that match, Benfica have had the upper hand against Braga, whether it was the matches in the league, the Super Cup, the League Cup, the Portuguese Cup. Benfica always having the upper hand on this Braga team. So 
this was a dangerous matchup for me. I remember, um, and this is, we're going back four months now, but I do remember feeling concerned about this one, feeling like uh, this was one of those old fashioned setup matches. And indeed it was, I mean, seven minutes in, seven minutes in, Hannah Keen, I, I call her one of the big bashers up top. She's a big American, plays a very, very uh, American college-style game up front. Very physical and good in the air, and she, she heads home a goal in the seventh minute to put Braga ahead and to kind of shell-shock Befica a little bit. And it would, it would be a tough one. Uh, for Befica to recover from, but then we move forward a little bit to the 42nd minute, and this was a moment of concern for everybody in Befica Nation, it's for Felipe Patel, and especially for the player for Katarina Amadu, the young right wing back that I am so high on, and I, I have, if you follow me on any of the social media, you've seen, in, I, I featured her in my Instagram stories, I've talked about her, and um, very, very good right wing back she is converted from a forward to a wing back and is just so dangerous going forward and every time I see her she's that much better at the defensive side of the game and uh well she would go down in the ninth in the 42nd minute remember she also was injured quite badly um not not long before this maybe a month before this in the second leg against Chelsea in the Champions League and she returned to be injured again here in uh, minute 42, Philippe Paton was forced to to substitute her. Now, the good thing is Anasaisa was on the bench, and Anasaisa was brought in. She went to the left, Matilde Fidalgo, went to the right, and the two teams go into halftime, uh, nil, uh, one nil to Braga, I should say. The two teams go in, and I think Befica came out a little bit woken up because in the 50th minute, it was none other than Nicole Raisla once again finding the back of the net. She has a knack for finding the goal in these big matches. Remember some of the big goals she scored, especially the two at Anderlecht against, uh, in the Champions League in the, in the second preliminary round or the last preliminary round. She had two brilliant goals against Anderlecht. And now she, she finds the back of the goal here. And suddenly, suddenly... If he could draw a level, and I think we all breathed a sigh of relief here, and I think we all thought that, all right, now nature's going to take over, and we're going to do what we always do. We're going to take over, and I think the players felt that. But Braga did not back down. Braga picked up their game, okay, and we everything turns on its head again in the 63rd minute when the South African Jermaine Siopossin way finds the back of the net and actually the South African would get a double because in the 77th, she would score her second. And just like that, Braga all of a sudden get too far ahead for Benfica to catch up. The first goal, like I said, came in the 63rd minute and we get a substitution in the 67th. Jol uh, Jolina Mani comes on for Matilde Fidalgo of all uh, who, who had, um, it played a good game up till then, but then it's a classic, you know, attacker for a defender switch to try to change the tactics, to try to change the look that Benfica had. Also in there, Kika Nazareth 
comes in. And for those of you that don't know, go to MrBenfica.com right now. I got a nice write-up. I got a player profile on said Kika Nazareth. And um, you'll, you'll, you can read about her and how she's just taking the women's football world by storm. Um, she comes into this match also after, six, after the 60th, after the hour mark. And those two substitutions are made to really give Benfica an attacking look and uh, um, make them more dangerous going forward. But like we said, and it starts with, you know, like we said, Braga would, would double their lead on the 77th. But before that, 68th minute, and Miguel Santos makes a switch as Sofia Silva comes on. And... Uh, Ryan Machado comes off, so it's a like-for-like switch, but it leaves, I shouldn't say it leaves, it's a nice, it's a nice adjustment there, and Befica started to have trouble once again with that adjustment, and this was one of those games where the ball just would not go in the goal, this is one of those games that you just, you just dread, those days where you do the things right, but you just cannot find the back of the net, or you just cannot get that finishing touch, you cannot get that last delivery that makes it all so much easier. And two more substitutions for Braga after 80 minutes. Laura Luiz comes on in the 81st. And Anatelsh comes on in the 89th. Braga see out the results. And they win the Portuguese Cup in a bit of a shock. A bit of an upset. Because I think we all expected Benfica to, to lift the Portuguese Cup for the second time in a row. Um, they were the cup holders going into the matches. They had won the previous cup final, as you'll remember. At the Jamor over Valadares Gaia. In what I now believe is going to be the final uh, cup final, at least women's cup final to be played at Jamur. I don't think we're going to see the Federation ever go back to the Jamur, and it saddens me. But now we we uh, we see these cup finals being moved all over the place. It looks like Coimbra is going to be the new home of the of the Portuguese cup final. And um, this, this one happened to have been played in Aveiro, but uh, it has been announced that this coming season, the 2020 2021 Portuguese Cup final, which is the Portuguese Cup is currently suspended for the women. Um, that was announced back in March. They suspended it. We're at the round of 16, I believe, and it's been suspended. So we don't know yet when it's going to be resumed. My guess is at the end of the season, they'll do like a two week, uh, a two week single elimination tournament just to get through it. Um, like we saw perhaps the, the Champions League and the Europa League do a year ago. So the cup gets hoisted by Dolores Silva, the captain of Sporting Braga. And it was a setback for Benfica, a setback for Felipe Patel, her first defeat. And, it, you know, a tough one to swallow because you really expected Benfica to take over and, and to lift the cup. No question about it. But how do they respond is the question now. Um the rest of January, there was only one more match, and they closed out Jan because of a, there was a a believe it or not an international window there in January, and we go through through a couple spells here in the calendar with not many matches to talk about because there are two international windows squeezed in one in January, one in February, but as we move forward in in January. Uh, Benfica would close out the first stage of the championship of the Liga BPI. Remember, this year, because of last year's cancellation, because of the COVID virus, 
Nobody was relegated, and all of the teams in the final stage of the second division were promoted. So for the first time, the Portuguese Liga BPI, the first division, had had 20 teams in it. So there was 10 teams in the north, 10 teams in the south, competing in a qualifying round in which each team played each other once. Okay, they played everybody once in their section, nine matches, and then the top four from each section advanced they were they call this the apuramento the qualification to the championship so the four from each the top four from each section advance or qualify for the liga bpi championship stage and the final match of the first stage of the qualifying stage benfica would win at the tapadinha with ease 7-0 over torres and that would take us um that would take us to the end. Oh, we do have a couple more matches in January, I should say. We move now to uh, to round one is postponed, actually. So round one of the championship stage against Braga postponed. So we start off in round two with a 4 nothing victory over Albagaria on the 23rd of January. And then four days later, a 3 nothing victory on the road at Bumalikon. This was in the semifinal of the new League Cup. So we had just won the League Cup, and now we're already defending it. And we played we played Fumalicão in Fumalicão on their turf, and we came away with a 3-0 victory, which was the first defeat of the season for Fumalicão. Fumalicão finished the qualifying stage for the Liga BPI, the first stage, perfect. They won all they won all nine matches, including beating Braga. So they they had yet to lose. And then we went up there and we beat them three three nil to advance to another final. So now we have qualified for the 2020-2021, if you're still with me, the new edition of the Portuguese League Cup final. We had just won last year's edition, and now we're playing this year's edition. And actually, we had started playing this year's edition before last year's was complete. We had played the quarterfinals earlier against Albagaria. We had advanced, and now here we are in the semifinals, winning 3-0 at Fumalico, and on to the final against Sporting. That would be played here in March, and we'll get to that match shortly. But that closes out January February the 6th, we have round three of the Liga BPI, and it's a 1-0 away win again at Famalicão. We go again to the turf. Ana Vitoria picks up a goal in the fourth minute, and Benfica hold on to that one-goal lead on the synthetic surface up in Villanova at Famalicão. Three crucial points for Benfica. That's because in round two, Famalicão drew at Alcuxeta versus Sporting, and that meant Befica now, all of a sudden, even though we had been smacked by Sporting in the qualifying stage, none of those points carried over. We started over when the championship stage started. We brought in a couple players. We got, we got, uh, we got Leticia now, or Lele as they call her. Okay, we got Marta Sintra. We got a few solid reinforcements, and suddenly we are leading the league at round three. Move forward a little bit, and we go to – this is where we have the international break. So we come back from the international break, and it's February 28th, and it is a 4-2 home win over Maritimu. 
and Benfica solidify their lead at the top of the table at that point. March the 7th, we travel to face our former player Tita and her side Condesha, and Benfica win 2-0 at Condesha. And then a week later on the 13th is where the big one came up. It was the, it was the, the derby, if you will, um, Benfica Sporting on March the 13th at Seychelles. Benfica with a chance to put Sporting out of reach. A chance to build a four-point lead, which in this league may be enough to see it out, even in round four. However, um, however, <laughs> uh, it would be a sixth-minute goal from Carolina Mins, the Portugal international, to put the Leoas in front. And though Benfica played much, much better, they were far improved from the performance they put up against Sporting earlier in the season at the Tapadinha. This one uh, was a much more even match. Benfica could not find the back of the goal. And despite their improvements, the lead was squandered and Sporting take over leadership in the league at that point, which brings us four days later. Four days later, March the 17th, Leiria, Stadio Municipal, Magalhães Pessoa, the, the municipal stadium in Leiria, right next to the castle, a beautiful, beautiful location for football. It is the Portuguese League Cup Final 2020-2021, Benfica versus Sporting. And I'm going to pull it up here, and we're going to go over it. And we have the lineups starting with Sporting, okay? Sporting had just beat us in the league. So I think, remember what I just said about uh, having played Braga one week and then playing them in another final the following week. I think same held a little bit true for Sporting here. Having just won at Seychelles, I think they came in a little bit overconfident. Um, I think Susana Kova's side thought that um, they were just going to have their way with Mefica again. And they would line up with Inês Pereira in goal. And then the 10 outfield players, Mariana Rosa, Bruna Costa, the captain, Navena Demjokovic, Joana Marchão, the Portugal left back, Andrea Jacinto, Tatiana Pinto, Fátima Pinto, Brazil international, Raquel Fernandes, Portugal international, who uh, admittedly is one of my favorite players um, on the Portuguese national team. I uh, don't know why she doesn't play more on the national team. I think she is a legit star. It's Ana Capeta and the seasoned veteran Ana Borges. Benfica would come out with this 11. Lele, now the starting goalie. She is Brazil's, you know, she's she splits time as the number one goalkeeper for Brazil, okay? She was in the She Believes Cup representing Brazil um, against big teams like the United States, Canada, and Canada uh, here, here in North America just before this. And Lele, or Leticia, is the goalkeeper. Katarina Amado is the right wing back. Ana Seisa and Carol Costa are the starting central defenders with Andrea, with, um, excuse me, uh, Luciana Alves getting the start at left back. Luciana Alves returned from loan. In between the two stages of the championship, she returned from Baladarskaya with Carlota Krist going the other way, going to get more minutes um, as Baladarskaya fight for their place in the first division. Um, because what happened was the four teams that qualify from each section that qualified for the championship stage, the next four 
went to the relegation slash, um, I guess you call it the relegation stage, where the top two from each, yes, the top two in each section would now stay in the would now stay in the first division in the Liga BPI. And that's where Valdez Gaia is right now. So Lucia Alves would get the start here. In midfield, we start to see the midfield that we now have because I believe before this match, I could be wrong, but I yeah, before this match, Ana Vitoria was injured on the, I believe it was on the turf, if I'm not mistaken, in one of the Fumalito matches. We lost her. She's a Brazil international. That's a big loss. But if you read my article at MrBenfica.com, this is where we got Kika Nazareth, Francisca Nazareth, known as Kika. Uh, she gets the start in midfield alongside Christy Uchebi, Beatriz Camerão, and Andrea Fria. Up front, Chloe Lacasse partners with Nicole Raisla once again. And, and in the same way, we were shell-shocked against Braga two months earlier. We come out firing, and Chloe, the Canadian international, not yet at that point, but soon-to-be Canadian international, would put us on the board four minutes into the match. Benfica on the score sheet, Chloe wearing the captain's armband and leading by example, 1-0 to Benfica. And eight minutes later in the 12th, Nicole Raisla would make it 2-0. She would double the lead from the penalty spot in a in a, a call from referee. And if I have it here, the referee was Sandra Bash, the same referee that did the, the Portuguese Cup final against Braga is Sporting did not care for that call, but it was a penalty, legitimate penalty, good call. And Befica up 2-0, and it looked like Befica were going to cruise, and Sporting were completely disoriented, okay? Befica coming down the pitch, they're, they're moving the ball freely. Kika's getting into the spaces in between the lines, the thing she does so well that I just love to see. And you, see, it's so rare in players now to see players get in between the lines, find the space, pick their head up, see their teammates, and put the ball into the right place. She can do that. She can also shoot from outside. She's actually the one that drew the penalty kick that Nicole finished. And then Beatriz Camero is booked for a foul in the 23rd. And then again in the 34th, and everything comes undone as the young central midfielder is sent off, obviously, for accumulation of yellow cards. She leaves the pitch in tears, and it becomes a very, a very stressful situation for Benfica. But Benfica rally well, and a lot of credit to the on-pitch captain of the day, Chloe Lacasse, as she rallies her team together. She gets them focused, and Benfica take the lead into the halftime uh, interval, into the team tuck, and you know. In the locker room at halftime, uh, Felipe Paton has to just be saying, we got to keep doing the same thing. Keep it going. We got this. Let's go. Um, 45 more minutes, and we're going to be lifting another trophy, and we can forget that last final. In the other team room, you know that Susana Kava is reminding Sporting who they are, what they've done to Benfica in the two previous meetings. And Sporting come out of the halftime like, You'd think we were facing Barcelona or Leon or one of the big, 
top women's teams. They just start to, everything is flying. Everything is flowing uh, like a well-oiled machine, just moving the ball around, overlapping. Anna Borges is flying down one flank. Uh, Joana Marchand down the other. You got both, um, you got both Pintush in the midfield, just controlling everything. Tatiana and, and um, the other one's name is, is, is Tatiana and Fatima Pintu. And you just see Raquel Fernandes giving all kinds of trouble to Benfica's back four. Um, picking on, I got to say, picking on Katarina Mado a little bit, but Katarina doing a much better job of withstanding the dribble and holding up the ball and waiting for help and allowing Benfica to get players back much better than in the previous weekend in the league match. And we get some substitutes early. And actually, before we get substitutes, we get a goal. So Bruna Costa gets on the end of a cross and heads it past Lele. And Sporting have cut the lead in half. And this is as a supporter and even more so as a coach or a manager, you know the psychological effect of having a two-goal lead cut in half in the opening minutes of, a, of the second half. It really messes with the psyche of your players. It takes a very strong-minded team to overcome that. But fortunately, fortunately, Benfica is that. That's what we have. And again, great leadership by the experienced players in the team. Benfica reorganized, okay, despite playing with 10. And, you know, I was taught, I actually reached out to some other former colleagues in the coaching world about this, particularly ones with experience in the women's or the girls' game. And I asked because it seemed like, especially in this match, it seemed like Benfica had a much harder time playing with 10 than they did with 11. And when you watch men's matches, you know, you see it a lot where the team with 10 ends up kind of improving. It seems like they play a little bit of a smarter game knowing they're down a person. But the women really seem to struggle to know what spaces to step to, what to leave open. So I asked a few people, include, and I asked my sister as well who played football. And the resounding response was that well how often do they play with 10 and it honestly didn't occur to me but it's true it, it, it uh sending offs happen a lot less red cards come out a lot less in the women's game for different reasons uh that's a that's a podcast of its own but the fact is that fewer players get sent off in a women's game you see the referees with a lot more leeway and I think the referees do a good job, actually, of using words versus using cards to keep matches in play. So the fact that it doesn't happen much probably means that it, you don't spend much time in training preparing to play with 10, especially not for an hour. So Mefica, as the match went on, you know, they were tiring, but they were starting to figure it out. They were starting to figure out who was the least dangerous, who they could leave open. and. It, you know, set pieces were difficult because you have one less player to mark. But and that is why Bruno Costa was able to, to score on that on that set piece. But Benfica would go on and they would start to really, really defend better. And positionally, they got a lot better. 
But um, you start to see some substitutions. First, it's going to be, and I'm going to see here. Um, Benfica don't wait until they wait until the 67th minute to make their first substitution. Despite usually you see a player sent off, and there's quickly a tactical substitution to readjust and realign the team. Philippa did not do that. She stuck with the players she had on the pitch, and I, I like that. Um, but she makes the tactical substitution in the 67th minute. On comes experience, Matilde Fidalgo. I think that's a great change because, again, this this player came from Manchester City. This is a longtime Portugal international. She's a former Sporting player. She's a former, uh, I believe, um, Primeiro Dezembro player who used to be Primeiro Dezembro um, until Sporting, Befica, and Braga got into this game of women's football were a powerhouse. They won for like a decade straight. They were champions and cup winners. They won everything there was to win. And uh, Mathilde was in that in that setup before going to eventually to Sporting. And then from Sporting, she moved on to to Manchester City. And her her experience, her calmness really helped in in the organization and in the the the, the positioning of her teammates, the vocalization of instructions. And also, I think Lele was also so important in this one because as the goalkeeper, you could hear her, especially with nobody in the stadium. You can hear her instructions as she's moving the 10 players or the nine players, actually, the nine outfield players in front of her. She's moving them from, from spot to spot, telling them when to step, when to drop. Okay, She's also talking them through their passes, who they got to the right, to the left. Um, she deserves a lot of credit for this this performance and this result that Befica were able to manage to hang on to against probably the best team in Portugal. Okay, we're good. They're good, but they're older. They're more experienced. Okay, I explained this to to my father. Uh, the difference between because he didn't catch the match and he hasn't seen much of the women's team, but I said what's interesting about Benfica Sporting in the women's game. And first of all, the noticeable difference is the number of Portuguese players in both teams, obviously. But you can see that the level of play is almost even, okay? But like I said, Sporting have a lot more experience and a good... You see the core of today's Portuguese national team. Most of them play for Sporting. But you see the core of tomorrow's Portuguese national team. Okay. We just finished the Euro 2022 qualifying. By the time Euro 2026 comes around, the core of this Benfica team is going to be the core of Portugal. You can see the generational battle, if you will, here. You see a generation of players fighting to hang on to their spot they're not ready to hand the baton off to this new crop of players so it's this battle between today and tomorrow if you will um both teams with a real high level and uh very very enjoyable made for a very captivating match Benfica though did well and then Filippo with another good substitution 77th minute this is tactically very smart because uh Chloe had already dropped and played as a midfielder here um leaving Nicole playing alone up top. That was the only tactical change she made after the red card. She did not take anyone off. 
and bring somebody on. She made that switch. She she just took the chess piece that is Chloe Lacasse from here and moved it there. Okay, but here she subs off the goal scorer Nicole Raisla brings on a ball handling and a fast, fresh Jolene Amani. Jolene, of course, is a a Dutch international or a um, she's she's a Dutch player. I believe she has a couple international caps under her belt. And between Jolene and Christy Uchebi, okay, who Christy does not play nearly as much as some of the others, they were able to slow the game down, keep the ball on their feet, and allow their teammates to rest while they killed some time on the dribble. Okay. Um, the the only thing is here, Chloe had to slide back up the pitch again and play more as the, the target up front, which is not really her game. She likes to be running. She likes to be getting onto the end of balls, but she had to play a little bit more as a target here for the final 13 minutes. Sporting would make some substitutions of their own. In the 61st, uh, Fatima Pinto came off. Uh, Joana Martins came on, and Joana Martins in turn would come off again in in the 90th plus 11. Yes, there was 11 minutes of stoppage time in this one. Carolina Mens, the goal scorer at the previous weekend, comes on in the 85th minute. Not sure what Susana Kava was doing there, but I'm glad she did it. Um, Sporting unable to, to find the equalizer, and the referee would blow his... They do hit the... I do have to mention, they hit the bar with... I think it was already after the 90th minute. And... Now I'm struggling to remember which player it was, but they hit the they they get a nice turn and a, a shot and it beats Lele, but it hits the crossbar and stays out. And that's the little Strelinha that Befica didn't have in the previous match three days earlier. They had it here in the cup final. And you know, referee Sandra Bash will blow her whistle three times, four full time at 90 plus eleven. And Benfica will win the cup as you can see the cameras focus in on the Sporting players in tears, bawling their eyes out while the Benfica players celebrate. Uh, Captain Sylvia Javil had come on in the 90th plus nine. She had replaced Kika, who had a phenomenal match. Kika is is one of a kind. Uh, she was already starting to show her class, and I'm I'm convinced this was the match where Francisco Neto, the Portuguese national team manager, said that. She's got to be in my next convocatoria, in my next uh, national team call-up, um, because the next one was the all-important playoff against Russia. So Benfica win two to one. They lift the cup. They they retain the cup. They successfully defend it. And with that, we take a short break here on Mr. Benfica. And when I come back, I'll break down the rest of the action that has transpired. Um, since this match, and we'll have you all up to speed and ready for this weekend's match. Um, we're talking Befica women's football here on Mr. Befica. Of course, I'm the host, Mr. The Mr. Mike Agustinu, and you know where to follow me on Twitter at Befica Mr. on Instagram at Mr. Befica, and also www.mrbefica.com. Go there right now and check out uh, check out the futsal highlights and check out my write up um, and profile of. Kika Nazareth. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
Episode 108. Wow, not 108. Welcome back to episode 110. It's getting late. It's been a long day. I do apologize there. All right, so we move forward now and we go to the 21st of March and it is Tuches Benfica. And I have it here. It is round eight of the Liga BPI away at Tuches. Not a long trip from, from Lisboa, just a 20 minutes or so north. And um, Befica go in and win 7-1 and smack Torrens. There's nothing to talk about. Uh, that closes out the, mar- the month of March. Um, or they will then close out the month of March, I should say, a few days later, winning 1-0 at home to Albagueria at Seychelles. And that came on a goal from Andrea Faria. That's right, the midfielder gets a goal. And Benfica in that match, once again, for an extended period of time, down to 10 players as um, Anasaisa was sent off in that one. And we go to the final international break of 2020-2021. Of course, Portugal facing Russia during that break, home and away, losing 1-0 on aggregate after 180 minutes. And it was the Kika Nazare show in the first half of both of those matches. And in both matches, uh, Russia was able to successfully adjust at, at halftime. And, um, well, this isn't a Slesson pod. Otherwise, I'd have a lot of questions to ask about Francisco uh, Francisco um, Neto. Uh, interesting decision he made in, in starting Sporting's backup goalie over Sporting's starting goalkeeper in the first leg. And, of course, she has a blunder. That cost Portugal their trip to the Euro. But we get back from the international break, and it doesn't get easier. It is It just picks up an intensity. It's a home-and-home home with Braga, Sporting Braga, still with that sour taste in the mouth of losing the Portuguese Cup final. It's a trip on April the 18th up north. Um, in between there also, there was a Portuguese Cup match uh, postponed. Benfica were set to play Britu Sport Club in the round of 16 on April the 2nd. As I said, the Federation suspended the competition. Uh, they suspended the Women's comp- uh, Portuguese Cup in football and in futsal. And my belief is that had to do, it had to do with COVID, but specifically 
with a return to certain regulations and travel bans that the Portuguese government had put in place due to another wave of the, of the virus. And um, the fact that the, the Liga BPI is considered a professional league and therefore the players are going to work when they play. So they were allowed to, to travel. They were not held to the travel bans. Now in the Portuguese Cup, there's amateur teams and I guess it's not considered a, a professional competition and therefore it's not considered work and the players were not uh, players were not allowed to, to make the same travel accommodations. So that's why it was it was postponed and I do believe it's going to be played at some point, obviously, and I wouldn't be surprised if if it comes at the end of the season or even if it's played next season, because I don't know if these amateur teams are even playing right now. So it's not fair to bring somebody out with no training and no matches. And all of a sudden in June say, Hey, we're, we're open again. Let's have our, let's have our 16 team single elimination knockout tournament. So we'll see what the Federation does when they do do it. I will obviously um, announce it here. And I'll honestly, uh, obviously, excuse me, I'll obviously update everybody. So we move forward again, like I said, 18th of of April, it's the Primeiro de Maio in Braga, which is in the news as Braga's president, Salvador, uh, wants to wants to remodel or refurbish that stadium, renovate it, bring it up to the 21st century, and move the club and the men's team back into that stadium and out of the Pedreira, out of the quarry. So because that stadium is owned by the city of Braga, the municipality. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. That's another development. Um, but at the end of the day, it is a good day for Benfica as they travel up north. We're going to pull up the lineups here. Um, and we'll start with Braga as uh, their goalkeeper now, uh, Marie Houlihan, injured. So Luisa Pinheiro takes over in goal for, for the Guerreiros. Uh, Ryan Machado, Naj, uh, Nagala Oliveira, Agatha Filipa, Diana Gomes, Regina Pereira, Flor Silva, Andrea Norton, Germain Siasponme, Siasponsenwe, excuse me, uh, Hannah Keen, and Myra Delgadillo. Uh, Delgadillo. Uh, with the exception of the goalkeeper, it's the same team that faced, Port- uh, faced Benfica in the Cup Final, in the Portuguese Cup Final. Um, Benfica on the other hand, we'll line up with Lele in goal. Katrina Madu back at right back. Silvia and Carol are the center back, are the center back pairing. Lucia Alves, once again, the left back. She has really, uh, she's really solidified herself as a day in, day out starter in that left back position. Very, very uh, big growth and very, very um, solidifying. I said solidifying, right? Very, very convincing in that position. Very convincing performances from Lucy Alves since returning from loan as she continues to keep her place in the team. In midfield, Paulita Beatriz Camiron, Andrea Faria, and Kika Nazareth. Now, now no longer a, a question, no longer a promesa, if you will, no longer about the future, but a day-in, day-out, first eleven for Benfica, and she is one of the first names on the team sheet now. And up front, as always, Chloe and Nicole, the dynamic duo, as Benfica will find the back of the net. Who scores first here? The first goal goes to 
There's um, I'm gonna pull it. I'm having a little bit of okay. Here we go. I had a little bit of a freeze there as I have the match report here. So first, it is Braga scoring in the 59th minute to go ahead one nil from the penalty spot in the rain. Andrea Norton converts her penalty kick. Five minutes later, though, Nicole says, hold on. And Nicole, or I should say, hold my beer, as Nicole takes the ball off her left foot and buries it. And it is 1-1 after 64 in the 71st. Nicole with the penalty kick for Benfica. And Nicole uh, doubles her tally and puts Benfica in the lead. In the 82nd minute, My, uh, Myra Delgadillo would be sent off for Braga. The American is sent off with a straight red card. Hannah Keane also came out of this match in the 8th minute injured, um, which also helped Benfica, no doubt. Uh, as far as Benfica goes, Paulito would come off in the 70th, replaced by Christy Uchibe. Remember, Benfica drawing 1-1, couldn't afford to lose any more points. They need to keep pace with Sporting. And in the 90th plus three, it would be the only other substitution. And the experienced Matilde Fidalgo comes in once again uh, and replaces Lucia Alves. Game, set, match. Benfica take all three points from Braga. And now, three days later, we, ret- we go to the Seychelles and we have the same two teams. This is the postponed match from the beginning, the match day one, if you will, the the first round match between the two teams. And it is the 21st of April at the Seychelles, a weeknight match. And it is Benfica just tearing the house down in one of their best performances in recent memory. Let's go to the, the lineups again. Uh, it looks, it is the same 11 for Braga with the exception of Hannah Keane being out. Well, Keane and Delgadillo are out. Inej, Maya, and Anatelj are in. And then for Benfica, Lele, uh, Katarina, Silvia, Carol, Andrea, Pauleta, Beatriz, Chloe, Nicole, Lucia, and Kika. Two goals from Kika in this one. Nicole gets another penalty kick in the 29th. Uh, Kika's two come in the 46th and and uh, 55th in the 40th minute, we have a substitution as Nicole was injured in this one uh, concerning uh, she had a muscle issue here and uh, she was subbed off with a muscular injury. The commentator at the time explained the fixture congestion ahead is just too heavy to risk a, a muscular injury, a fatigue related injury. And on comes her compatriot Marta Sintra and Marta Sintra comes on in the 40th scores in the 44th uh, sees a yellow card for her celebration but yes it is 4-0 to Benfica in this one Benfica take all three points once again and for the time being sit atop of the league because Sporting have a match in hand and after that there is one match left and it was on the 25th of April this past Sunday. And I'll pull that up right now and we'll click quickly review it. Benfica at home at Seychelles versus Famalicão. Um, and it's their former manager, of course, João Marques is the manager of Famalicão. And, and actually, I stand corrected. It says here, Tiago Pinto is the manager of 
Let me double check that. That doesn't, I must have missed this one, but. Okay, so Tiago Pinto is the manager. I was, João Marques has left Famalicão. I'm shocked that I missed that. But we got Famalicão coming out with Ruth Costa in goal, another Portugal international, currently the third choice goalkeeper for the national team. Sara Monteiro, Maureen G. Santos, and Mariana Azevedo, Mariana Campino, uh, Andrea Miron, Maria Miller, Maria Negrão, Solange Carvalhas, and Brazilian forward, who is an absolute nuisance to watch play. Uh, she's about six feet tall, but she is on the ground constantly. And when she has a chance, she gets stuck in. Oh, yeah, she loves to come in late, studs up, and punish defenders. She sees a yellow card in the 33rd for that exactly exact play. Benfica go with Lele, Katarina, Silvia, Carol. Uh, Andrea Pauleta, Beatriz, Marta Sintra in place of the injured uh, Nicole Raisla, Chloe, Lucia Alves, and Kika Nazare. Goals from Kika, Marta Sintra, and Chloe Lacasse. And for, for Fama, it's an 85th goal to pull one back from Spaniard Andrea Miron. 3 to 1 to Benfica. Benfica pick up the three points once again. And Benfica. For the time being, like I said, with them one match more played, they are in first place. Now, let's take a look. For those of you watching, I'm going to bring up the, the table right now. And we will take a look at it as it stands right now. So, here we have the table. And you see Benfica right now, top of the table with 30 points, 11 matches played, one more than their rival, two points ahead of Sporting for the time being with a better goal difference, a six-goal better goal difference. But again, Sporting winning on the head-to-head. -head. So Benfica with 30, that's 10 victories, one defeat, 35 goals for six goals against Sporting, 28 points, like we said. 10 matches played, 9 victories, 1 draw, and they have 25 goals scored and 2 allowed for a plus 23. It is going to be difficult to beat Sporting again. You can see there they do not concede very much. Uh, they are very, very well built at the back, very, very solid. Third place right now belongs to Famalico. They have 22 points from 11 matches, 7 victories, 1 draw, 3 defeats. And 28 goals of their own. They actually have more goals scored than does Sporting. Braga are fourth with 18 points in what is somewhat of a rebuilding year. They lost some good talent in the offseason. Some that never came back after the league was suspended a year ago. Uh, they have, from 11 matches, six victories, one draw, and five defeats. Albergeria uh, having themselves a, a historic year to be in fifth place. Uh, 15 points right now from 11 matches. And then you have Maritimo with six points in sixth place. Torres, uh with four points in seventh. And Condesha with one point right now from, uh, from 10 matches. Obviously, the match that needs to be made up is the one you see advertised right here. And it is this Saturday. It is Condesha hosting Sporting. And you can see there it is on Canal 11. And if you're a fan of Portuguese women's football and you're not subscribed to Canal Owns yet, you should be. Go to your app store. You have to watch it on a device. It's not available on a computer, unfortunately. I've tried. 
but you have to watch it on a phone or a tablet if you're in the United States. Um, I'm speaking to those of you abroad. In Europe, the situation may be different. I know in Por- in Portugal, I'm not sure how you access it. Perhaps it's through your through your TV provider. But if you're not subscribed to Canal Ones and you like women's football, you need to be because that's where all the matches are. BTV only has so many matches. So, plus you should be supporting the national team and they they play on Canal Ones. And so does all of the futsal, which is great action. So I recommend it to everybody. And then um, none of these teams will be relegated. Everybody in this eight is safe as they uh, guaranteed their safety through their performance in the first half, in the first stage. Here is round 13, okay, to be played. And it looks like, it. oh, wow, it's not until the 16th of May. We have some time to go until these teams play again. And this has been a very irregular uh, calendar in Portuguese women's football this year. And I have to give a lot of credit to the coaches, to the managers, and to the players for staying focused with all of these breaks and the, between the international breaks and between the the uh, just stoppages in play and the rescheduled matches. Uh, everyone is hanging on. But here we go. We're looking at May the 16th, which is in two weeks' time from this weekend. Uh, we have Benfica hosting Condesha, Torres host uh, Torres hosts Maritimo, Albergaria hosts Famalicão, and Sporting Braga hosts Sporting in a match where I hope Benfica get some help. As, oh, here is round 12. My apologies. It's right here. Um, as, like I said, it's getting late. You can see it right there. Condesha versus Sporting. Famalicão hosting Torres. Maritimo hosts Benfica. Benfica playing on Sunday on the island against Maritimo and Fonchal and Braga hosting Albergaria. But um, looking forward to, to round 13. I like that. I like the way that shapes up with us playing the last place team and Sparthing having to travel to Braga. Maybe we can get some assistance. Maybe we'll get some help there. Uh, on If you're watching if you're watching on YouTube right now, you see right here the top goal scorers right now. Family comes Vitoria Almeida, the one I just talked about. She's the leading goal scorer with 10. Braga's Hannah Keen and Maritimus Thelma Incarnação have eight apiece. And that, my friends, is going to do it for this episode 110 of Mr. Benfica. I will be back on the weekend uh, to review tomorrow's uh, Tondela Benfica Liga Nage match. Okay. Um, we're at round 30 now of Liga Nage. And Benfica travel to Tondela in another must win match, as we hope to catch Porto. We have a chance. Um, hopefully Porto can drop more points. They seem to be coming apart a little bit. And next Thursday is the big one. It's the Clásico against Porto. So I'll be back this weekend to review the match with Tondela and get everyone ready for the match with Porto next Thursday. Yes, they're putting that match on a Thursday. Aggravates me. Probably aggravates most of you. Um, but guess who's not going to work on Thursday? This guy right here. All right. Thank you for joining me uh, here on this episode. Remember to follow on Twitter and on Instagram. And remember to check out MrBenfica.com. Uh, new stuff going up there. I keep putting stuff up. And also go to www.parkinthebusmedia.com. I got some new stuff up there too. And I'm going to continue to post there as well as more Parking the Bus episodes also get released. 
And I've been doing videos for better than dot Vegas. What I'm going to start doing is my prediction videos are going to go up on the parking the bus or the PTV media um, YouTube page. All right. Thank you. This has been the Mr. Mike Agustinio. I am signing off and I'll see you this weekend. Mm-hmm.